Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. Today's show features an interview from the 25th of August, 2014, on radio CJOB in Winnipeg, Manitoba. The host of the show, Charles Adler, asked me about a couple of things dealing with volcanoes and earthquakes. Uh, There had been an earthquake roughly a day prior to this interview in the Napa, California area, and we discussed some of the effects that earthquakes can have on aviation. We had a much longer conversation on the effects that volcanoes, specifically volcanic ash, can have on aviation. For the last few days prior to this interview, there had been a threat that an Icelandic volcano may erupt, spewing volcanic ash in a North Atlantic area, similar to what happened about four years ago. I discussed some of the changes that have happened since the late 1980s, specifically the procedures that have been put into place to prevent aircraft from encountering volcanic ash in the first place. We ended the interview with an update on the efforts to find Malaysian Airlines flight MH370, which disappeared in March 2014. In other seismic activity, there's the volcano in Iceland, and there were some fears over the weekend. That's why they were t- telling aviation just stay away for a while. There were some fears that there would be significant seismic activity, the so-called Barda Banga threat. But that level has been downgraded. We've got uh, Todd Curtis, uh, who is a veteran aviator with uh, both uh, Boeing and the U.S. Air Force. He happens to be based in in Boston. He's with a great organization called uh, airsafe.com. And uh, he joined us for a good deal of the coverage we did on the Malaysian story. Todd, thank you very much for doing this. Well, thanks once again for having me. I don't know what you want to tell us, if anything, about uh, the earthquakes. Uh, earthquakes are, are horrible things. They can be a whole lot worse than what we had a couple of days ago in the Bay Area. But it's the volcano and the volcanic ash that we were expecting to spew from Iceland, which is why we booked you originally. But you can you can go with either. Is there something you want to say about the, the shaker in uh, San Francisco in the, in the Napa, California area? Well, at least this time around, obviously the earthquake uh, happening anywhere where you are is uh, somewhat of a uh, disconcerting experience. I've actually uh, lived through a one 6.8 earthquake, I believe it was, in the Seattle area a few years ago. And it actually had some effects on one of the local airports. Uh, There was some ground shaking and liquefaction. Fortunately, nothing was closed. But this just goes to show you that, just like with the volcano in Iceland, there are geological events and, and geotechnical events like uh, earthquakes and volcanoes that can totally disrupt aviation. Now, in the volcano's case, uh, there is a, an abundance of caution, and rightfully so, to keep aircraft away from that volcano because uh, unlike an earthquake, where the effects are essentially limited to the ground and maybe uh, ground facilities like airport, airports, uh, volcanoes, particularly the ones in Iceland, can spew volcanic ash. It can lead to some severe problems for air traffic. And in fact, roughly 25 years ago, there were a couple of events, both involving 747s, where they uh, unknowingly went into an a volcanic ash cloud and lost power to all four engines. Now, fortunately, in both cases, they were able to land safely, but that really woke the aviation industry up to the threat of volcanic ash, to the point now where there is a fairly effective worldwide network of observation, of warning, of procedures that aviation goes through when there's an actual or suspected threat of volcanic ash. Just want to ask you, we'll get back to Iceland in just a second, but I'm just thinking about your organization, which happens to be based in Seattle, not terribly far. 
in aviation terms from Mount St. Helens. Was there a time when uh, you couldn't have aviation in uh, significant parts of Washington, maybe even California, maybe even B.C., because of what was coming out of Mount St. Helens? Well, it, that did happen during the time of the original eruptions back in 1980. Uh, there was significant volcanic ash uh, flying in the northwest. And in fact, the airport that was most affected was Portland. And because Portland was not that far as a crow flies from Mount St. Helens. As it turns out, uh, there was an understanding of volcanic ash and the effects on, on engines, especially then. And there was a bit of an education that happened to the industry after that uh, occurrence. And in fact, there are procedures in place where if there is, let's say, volcanic ash that uh, hits an airport, a lot of airplanes are on the ground, there are procedures in place to clean off the aircraft, make sure that the aircraft don't have any damage that could lead to engine problems, electrical problems, and the like. And uh, volcanoes are relatively rare. They're even more rare in areas where there's heavy air traffic, like uh, Northern Europe and North America. And there tends to be a bit of an education to the industry when those volcanic events affect aviation in those areas. Todd, do we have far more of an opportunity to prevent damage uh, to humans and machinery when it comes to volcanoes as opposed to earthquakes? Do we get much more of a warning with the volcanoes? Yes, we do uh, in, in general because uh, volcanoes, uh, the location of volcanoes are well known. Uh, rarely do you have a volcano that sprouts out uh, up out of the blue, that is, uh, had not been there before for hundreds or even thousands of years. So the, the volcanoes that have near-term threats are fairly well known, as are the weather patterns that, that would occur near those volcanoes. And again, especially if they occur near major air routes, for example, through Alaska, uh, through the North Atlantic, uh, there is procedures set up well in advance. And in fact, this has happened frequently with Alaska, where some of the volcanoes there have had a bit of a a volcanic ash event, nowhere near as big as what happened in Iceland a few years ago. When it does happen, um, observatories on the ground are where the volcano about to explode. Uh, air traffic is diverted, sometimes hundreds of miles away. And since that event in Alaska in 1989, there has not been another event where an airliner encountered a volcanic ash cloud and had serious damage. Todd Curtis, uh, just before I let you go, when we first got to meet you uh, during the first Malaysian jetliner, the disappearance, are they looking for that aircraft still somewhere in the Indian Ocean? Do we still have a, a posse searching for it? Yes, there is. In fact, some months ago, the Australian authorities who were in charge of the search effort uh, mapped out a plan, a two-part plan. Uh, the first part was to map the ocean in the area where they believe the aircraft may have settled in. It's a patch of ocean roughly the size of the nation of Norway that had not been really explored before. So there was going to be a systematic several weeks long effort to map the bottom of the ocean. They also contracted at least one ship to do up to one year's worth of searching with the kind of sophisticated sonar devices that they used the first time around. And that's been budgeted for roughly, I believe on the order of $50 million US in roughly 12 months. So there is an effort. There's a posse out there. The Australians are directly involved. And at least in the last few weeks, uh, Chinese uh, uh, assets were also on station. There were some Chinese ships in the area. So there is an effort. It's going to be rather methodical and slow. And for the time being, it doesn't look like anyone's going to give up on this aircraft. What's your level of confidence that they'll, they'll find some parts? I'm virtually certain 
that the aircraft or parts of the aircraft will be found. What I'm not certain about is a time frame. It could occur in this calendar year. It could occur in this calendar decade. It may occur sometime in the next century. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think it's going to be a short-term event. Uh, this is a search that's compounded by the fact that the bottom of the oceans, particularly that part of the Indian Ocean, uh, the topography of the ocean is less well known than the topography on the backside of the moon. There's just been that small of amount of, of research over the decades about what the ocean looks like. Todd Curtis, uh, thank you so much uh, for your help and uh, good luck to you and your colleagues at, at airsafe.com. Well, thank you again for having me. Thank you very much. Uh, Todd Curtis, who's a veteran at both Boeing and the U.S. Air Force. AirSafe is based in Seattle. Todd is based in the Boston area. The Charles Adler Show, only on 680 CJLB. For more information about aviation safety, please visit airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.